Parenting is hard and fun and exhausting and soul-filling and all the things. And let's be honest, when someone says you've got it down to an art, you think to yourself, I'm just making it up as I go. And we are too. Alamo City Moms is pleased to bring you this extension of our site and favorite articles, covering the funny, the hard, the happy, and the cringy, reminding you that we're all in this together and we're all making it up as we go. Summer is here and we've got stories. In this episode, Things No One Tells You About Swim Team by Michelle Head. Five Things My Teens Are Going to Learn This Summer by Ginger Chun, read by Abigail Black. And Momentum Starts With Mom, The Great Inconvenient Truth of Summer by Elizabeth Nichols, read by Abigail Black. Things No One Tells You About Summer Swim Team by Michelle, originally published July 2015. This summer marks my family's third year of summer swim team. My husband and I are both new to the team's swimming as neither of us progressed beyond the standard swim lessons at the community pool when we were kids. Growing up, all I knew of swim team was that a few friends in my calculus class were swimmers and they had to strategically plan their shaving around swim meets. My kids were five and seven when they first joined summer swim team. To this day, seeing my then five-year-old son trying on his little Speedo bike short swimsuit is one of my very favorite memories. You haven't seen cuteness until you've seen a skinny little five-year-old boy in an official swim team suit. And the swim cap, which always scrunches down his forehead and brow and makes him look like a little old man, and goggles, and well, let's just say I conjure up that image when I'm upset with him, and it always softens my heart. When we started the team, both my kids were completely new to the world of official strokes. I had no idea how much daily swimming and drills for six weeks would transform their swimming. I had no idea how their confidence would grow along with their skills and that my confidence in letting them swim independently without me hovering around the side of the pool would also grow exponentially. The swimming world, like all sports, has its own culture and nuances. Beyond expensive team suits and sizes that are foreign to non-swimmers, Endless searches for goggles and caps in the cavernous swim bags and going through gallons of sunscreen. There are other things that were both surprising and enjoyable that I've discovered about Swim Team. Here are a few things I've learned over the past three years as a summer Swim Team mom. Writing on your kids with Sharpie on meet day is normal. In fact, bring two or three to each meet as you will always loan one out. As your kids get older and become stronger swimmers, you write entire spreadsheets on their arms and legs with that Sharpie. Again, totally normal. Sunscreen and Sharpies on the same area don't work. Prepare for serious smearage that will likely not wear off for a week. Ring pops are powerful motivators. My son is more motivated by a ring pop than he is by beating his time or other swimmers. Ring pops from Halloween should be immediately confiscated, put in a bag in the top of the pantry and used during summer swim team. You'll save yourself a good $5, which you can use to buy another Sharpie. You can easily miss your kid's event if you turn away for 30 seconds, like, you know, to reapply Sharpie to your other kid. Start watching the pool about three events before your kid's event to ensure you don't miss it. Your faith in San Antonio families will be renewed as you watch parents, siblings, and grandparents all trek into a cramped, hot, bug-palooza neighborhood pool to sit in camp chairs for hours to watch their swimmers. 
Your faith in humanity will be restored as you watch the entire group of people on the sides of the pool from both teams cheer for the adorable little five-year-old who is dog paddling his or her heart out and trying to cross the pool for his or her first ever 25-meter freestyle race. You will yell kick with more passion than you ever have in your life, repeatedly, even at complete strangers' kids, and that's normal. The swimmers are underwater, duh, and can't hear you at all, but yet you'll still yell. If you have a background in food safety, you will have to completely turn off your inner temperature gauge and sanitation meter if you volunteer for the snack bar, but maybe that's just me. Some parents are gifted in putting on swim caps painlessly. If you aren't one of them, quickly make friends with one of these parents and teach your kids to go to them for capping. Give those parents a ring pop or a sharpie as a token of your thanks. You will feel awful when you realize you can't tell which swimmer is your kid in a race. Make sure you memorize what kind of goggles your kid is wearing, as that is often the only distinguishing characteristic. You'll still tell your child, yes, I saw your race, you did great, even when you weren't sure if it was actually your kid you were watching. Normal. As a San Antonio swim team parent, you and your kids will likely have lukewarm breakfast tacos from the snack bar for breakfast every Saturday in June. They are marked up over 50% and maybe three hours old, but you'll eat them. You may find that you quite enjoy swim practice as it gives you at least 45 minutes to visit with other parents. After five days a week for six weeks, you develop actual friendships and have real conversations with other parents, as do your kids with other children. You meet neighbors you didn't know and find friends for both you and your kids to spend time with throughout the rest of the summer. You may also find that swim meets last approximately 17.4 hours in the blazing sun. While the kids are wet from the pool, the parents are wet from sweat. Dry-wicking shirts are your friend. The whole family will need a shower when you get home. P.S. Even after the shower, the Sharpie smear will look brand new on your kid's arm. Summer Swim Team has been a fantastic experience for our family and something all four of us look forward to each year. Our season has been over since the end of June, and I'm already missing the other families and the built-in exercise for my kids. Only 11 more months before I need to stock up on Sharpies, goggles, and swim caps. Five Things My Teens Are Going to Learn This Summer by Ginger Chun, originally posted June 29th, 2016. As summer began, my hubby and I realized that our time is short before our kids, especially our soon-to-be high school junior, leave home. We have been pretty good about teaching our kids life skills, but realized that there are always more good things to get across before the birdies leave the nest. During a relaxing moment on the back porch and after discarding several amusing ideas, we put a short list together of five things we want to teach our kids this summer. Number one, how to plan and cook meals. The first thing we are working on is how to plan and cook at least five days worth of meals. This came up because my high schooler is now a vegetarian. As other parents whose teens have made this choice will attest, this is killing me for meal planning. My middle schooler is adamantly not a vegetarian. Both my kids already can fry an egg or put a pizza in the oven. They are excellent at ramen noodles, gag. However, I think they should be able to actually think about what real food they would like to eat for a week and be able to enjoy it without going out. So this is the first summer project we are undertaking. They will find recipes, figure out if we have the needed veggies growing in our garden, grocery shop with our money, sadly, 
do the meal prep, cook, and anything else that goes along with feeding a family. We are giving them a break and only asking for five meals, and those can be breakfast, lunch, or dinner, but at least one of each. Number two, how to get around San Antonio without a car. We grew up in a big city with great public transportation. Some may be horrified to know that at the age of seven, my mother would let me hop on the bus to take the 20-minute ride to my dad's office in downtown Chicago. And in fact, my oldest has taken the subway in South Korea by herself already. But Korea is one of the safest countries in the world, with video cameras tracking your every move, so I do not feel like that counts. Originally, I was thinking, I wanted them to learn how to take the bus here, but some of my friends kindly pointed out that learning about taxis and ride-sharing services might also be a good idea. I have to be honest, though. My husband and I have never taken the bus in San Antonio, so we will have to learn right alongside with them. Number three, how to manage finances. When I asked my friends about what they thought kids should learn before they flew the coop, they all said finances. Both our children had prepaid credit cards for a while now. We put their allowance on it every month. They make all of their purchases with these cards. This means if they leave their wallets at home when we go to Target, they cannot buy collectible game cards or clothes that are not on my list for them. If they want to run to the gas station for an iced tea and chips, they have to pay. So they know about some of this. On a grander scale, and per the suggestion of another ACM contributor, we will explore the joys of compounding interest. We will take some money out of their minimal interest earning savings account. Yes, they are already saving a portion of their allowance every month and put the money in a higher earning option. This obviously won't be completed by the end of summer, but it is the start of a great conversation about the best way to earn on their savings. Number four, how to schedule and manage appointments. My kiddos have been very dependent on my making all of their appointments, mostly because the adults have super busy schedules and an appointment somewhere involves me or dad driving them to that appointment. Dad and I already share a Google calendar to make our scheduling easier. This summer, the kids are going to be added to the calendar, sharing, and will start making some of their own appointments themselves. More importantly, making appointments also involves researching phone numbers and communicating clearly with other humans. I have noticed that my kids seem to freak out a little if they have to call someone and are often awkward on the phone. We will clearly have to do some role-playing before any of this happens, so calling an office on the phone does not seem like a crazy idea. Hopefully, I won't regret allowing someone else the ability to add to my schedule. Number five, how to wake yourself up in the morning. The last thing we are going to work on, which is a big deal, is waking yourself up. I know this is an important part of time management. My husband has finally convinced me that chronic tardiness is very rude to other people and, of course, oversleeping all of the time could be one cause. This will be a challenge and will certainly involve some amusement since my teen sleeps like the dead and can carry on a conversation while sleeping, convincing you she is awake without actually being awake. I have some empathy because it was also a big issue for me into college, but I realize nipping it in the bud now would be so much better for them and me. Of course, my children are absolutely in the age range in which they can participate in the problem solving for this. Certainly, one of the key issues is getting enough sleep. So going to bed earlier is a bold solution that both of my children will reject as lame. Natural consequences won't work during the school year because I promise you my kids would not care if they miss school. And our high schooler definitely cannot walk there if she misses the school bus. I'm predicting some very loud alarm clocks in our future and am open to suggestions on this particular project. What five important to their adult futures tasks do you want your children to learn how to do this summer?
Momentum Starts with Mom, The Great Inconvenient Truth of the Summer by Elizabeth Nichols, originally published July 24th, 2017. We are moms, knee-deep into the summer, and we hold this truth to be self-evident, that nothing, absolutely, positively, nothing in the summer happens without our involvement. Our kids cannot go anywhere, eat anything, put clothes on, go to sleep, and sometimes, if we're really winning, use the restroom without our supervision. I was only two weeks into this ritualistic test of endurance known as summer break when it dawned on me that I, and I alone, was responsible for somehow ensuring that everyone in my family made it through this summer alive, and I'm going to be honest with you, in that moment, it felt like mission impossible. I mean, I was already ready to crawl into the fetal position under a big old pile of laundry where I knew good and well that no one would ever find me because God forbid anyone ever help out with the laundry around here. Have you ever wondered what propels you through these incredibly long, sweaty, task-filled days? I mean, besides healthy quantities of coffee in the morning and wine in the evening and perhaps the next level of awesomeness with which you were clearly blessed. What is this mystical force that enables us to make it from one minute to the next, to the next, and then the next, until we've somehow improbably made it through this season of torment? I'm here to suggest it's momentum, and nowhere, and I do mean nowhere, is the full force of momentum on display like the fanned out feathers of a peacock than during the long and soul-sucking days of June, July, and August. Christmas break is a close second, ladies, but we have the joy and brevity of the season to carry us through that one. During the school year, we, those of us with older kids anyway, get to pass the onus of survival onto others. Teachers, coaches, instructors, and a whole host of other people clamor to take our money in exchange for helping us entertain our kids. In the summer, however, you get the feeling that everyone is keeping their heads down to avoid making eye contact with you, the psycho lady, who will take my kids? You might feel compelled to scream to anyone within earshot, who will help me? And your desperation, my dear, will be met with the oddly disconcerting sound of chirping crickets. Yes, this summer, that glorious season in which we and we alone are the drivers of the crazy train. And guess what? The gears just don't want to grind. No matter how enticing our activities de jour are, no matter how much positivity and we're going to make it a great day-ness we exude in the early caffeinated hours of the morning, the outcome will inevitably be the same. We will ultimately resort to figuratively, and sometimes literally, dragging our little charges through every single step required to set any activity into motion. And most times, that activity will be of zero benefit to us. All you have to do is to decode the word momentum to figure this out. Mom, supremely appointed and uniquely gifted master of ceremonies. Int entertainment mom's burden to bear during the summer um as in um what was i thinking which is the question you will ask yourself at various intervals while preparing for in the middle of and upon completion of the chosen entertainment for the day this question may be applied to either the choices you made for that particular day or to more significant choices such as the one to have children in the first place let's examine the anatomy of a familiar summer day a pool day 
It's 7.05 a.m. and your groggy eyes have barely had time to focus on the clock beside your bed when the whining has already started. I'm hungry. I'm bored. What are we going to do today? This is the sweet, gentle morning song of motherhood. You think about the forecasted 100 degree high and how the black interior of your car makes your rear end sweat on days like this. You quickly ascertain you you just don't have it in you to make this an errand running day. Errand running days often morph into laundry days, and ain't nobody got time for, laundry, for a laundry day in the middle of the summer. We're going to the pool today, you announce to great applause. The cheers of approval bounce off the walls of your hallway as your children bound into the kitchen to await their breakfast. You have saved the day, or so you think. When push comes to shove, getting ready for the pool isn't exactly a pleasure cruise for anyone. The clock is ticking to beat the heat, so you try to move fast. You pack the lunch for the pool as you simultaneously prepare the kids' breakfast, feed the dogs, unload the dishwasher, and fill 2,000 questions about why it is nighttime in China when it is daytime in San Antonio. For breakfast, you treat yourself to the discarded crusts of the sandwiches you prepared for the kids' lunches and down your coffee the way you used to chug a chaser after a fiery shot of tequila. Once breakfast is over, it's time to get dressed for the pool. First things first, it's sunscreen time. You apply sunscreen each and every time you go to the pool, and yet every time you suggest it, your kids moan, writhe and wail as if it's a new torture technique you devise specifically to ruin this particular morning. You work up a hearty sweat during the chasing of the kids and and applying the lotion spray foam stick process and are grateful to get your cardio in so early in the day. Always look for the silver lining, friends. You engage in discussions about why your daughter can't wear a microscopic bikini and will instead wear a full coverage rash guard. Your son refuses to wear the flip-flops he's worn the past few weeks claiming they don't fit anymore and insists on wearing tennis shoes with socks, white socks that go up to his knees. There are discussions about which toys to bring, which friends or teachers we should text to alert them of our upcoming poolside pilgrimage and how many bags of Doritos are packed for each child. Once negotiations have been settled with only minor tears and bloodshed, you upload the kids into the Easy Bake Oven known as your car and head off into the horizon. The sparkling Corellum waters of the pool greet you welcomingly, welcomingly and you feel a sense of calm wash over you until you snap out of it and remember you're not at a tropical island, but instead at a urine-filled community pool. You set down your 500-pound pool bag, the straps of which have, unbeknownst to you, rubbed off the majority of the sunscreen you applied to your left shoulder, later resulting in a super sweet sunburn, and get the kids geared up to hop in the pool. Once the missiles have been deployed, you pretend you can't hear them calling for you to get in the water and instead enjoy a few minutes of deep breathing exercises, followed by a few minutes of blankly staring at your phone. I hate to break it to you, but this mindless scrolling will be the highlight of your day. The fun at the pool continues with incessant trips to the treacherously slippery pool bathrooms, including one special incident wherein your three-year-old son refuses to use the women's bathroom because I'm not a girl, mommy, and proceeds to poop in the last stall at the far end of the men's room. You have to do the walk of shame to wipe his poopy bottom because naturally he can't do that by himself. And I'm sure I don't have to tell you how much fun it is to try to wipe poop off of a sopping wet bottom with soggy toilet paper. Consequently, wiping takes longer than you would like, and the restroom becomes the hip place to be as you're developing a repetitive stress injury in your elbow from the vigorous wiping. The coup de grace occurs as you hurry out, so intent on trying to ignore the bewildered stares of the boys doing their business in the urinals that you end up slipping in a puddle of water 
or pee, you'll never know, on your way out the door. So much for a graceful exit. Sidebar, as time goes on, I'm slowly coming to realize the inherent wisdom of my mom's unconventional advice to just go ahead and pee in the pool. The chlorine will take care of it, she'd whisper to us in our younger days from behind the relative safety of an open people magazine. Point one for mom. I'll take swimming and pee, cleverly disguised as a pool over flailing in a puddle of pee on the floor of the men's restroom any day. The snack bar provides yet another landmine of frustration. The lunches you so diligently packed in lieu of making your own nutritional breakfast that morning are deemed unappealing, boring, and gross. What is not gross, apparently, are the $3 grab bag size of Lay's potato chips, identical to the ones in your pool bag, mind you, and the $4 mango popsicles that the pool concession bar is selling. More discussions ensue, and you reach a compromise that if the lunches you packed are consumed, $4 popsicles can be the reward. You can consider treating your bad self to a $12 frozen margarita, but then realize it's only 11 a.m. and think better of that idea. When it's time to go home, your reward for providing such a fun summer day for your kids will be the moaning and groaning and gnashing of teeth. The sobbing from your obviously mistreated daughter is so loud it can be heard over the gangster rap the skinny little teenagers are blaring from the lifeguard cabana. You walk past them, sizing up their tiny tan bodies and carefree spirits and smiles, but what you really want to do is give them the middle finger just to show them that you can be plenty gangster too. Once in the car, and inspired by the musical finesse of the lifeguards, you crank up the kids' bop in an effort to drown out the whining coming from the back seat. Nothing soothes the mommy soul like singing at the top of her lungs to the mind-numbingly stupid replacement lyrics of a kids' bop tune. Before I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Nope, nope, then I go pack. By the time the clock strikes 5 p.m., you've counted to... A million by virtue of counting to three. You've answered questions more complex than those faced by a PhD candidate defending her thesis. You've sweated off more than half your body weight, and you've probably done at least a load of laundry to boot. You are Superwoman, but even Superwoman has her limits. And you are also stick a fork in it, D-O-N-E. You keep your eye on the prize and hustle everyone through the final acts of the day, dinner, bath, and bedtime routine. The light at the end of the tunnel is near and you can feel it shining on your exhausted and slightly sunburned face. This summer, ladies, and this too shall pass. In the meantime, I think we should all give ourselves a big old pat on the back for the truly amazing work we are doing during this most unfortunate season of the year. We go and go and go, and we are all living to tell about it. I mean, I know a body in motion tends to stay in motion, but this ish is bananas. Do you remember in Allie McBeal? Please tell me you're old enough to remember Allie McBeal. When her therapist recommended she pick a theme song to play in her head to help her get through trying times. I can't remember what song she selected, but I can can tell you what my theme song for the summer is, If You're Going Through Hell by Rodney Atkins. If you haven't heard it, heard it I highly recommend you check it out. Its chorus is literally playing in my head on repeat all day long. If you're going through hell, keep on going. Don't slow down. If you're scared, don't show it. You might get out before the devil even knows you're there. Keep on going, mamas. Someday when your children have children of their own, they're going to thank you for this. They better. Thanks for sharing a part of your day with us. Alamo City Moms is a San Antonio-based parenting resource by local moms for local moms. You can find the original articles from this episode on our site at alamocitymoms.com. 
If you enjoyed listening, please give us a five-star rating. It's like a virtual high five from you to us. And remember, you've got this.